Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Give me a wave, man, if you were here at our breakfast yesterday. Now, keep waving at me if you've done some cold therapy in the last 24 hours. Hey, there's some good hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some thumbs down as well. Three seconds. Anything is a bonus. Anything is a bonus. <laughs> it was cold outside. David Weeks, you did? You went outside. Okay. That's a start. Ladies, watch out. Our men are getting fitter and healthier and stronger and praying more. And uh, yeah, there's some women who want buff men. There's nothing like buff men. That's exactly right. Spiritually and physically. There's always someone very... Religiously correct in the house. <laughs> it's, it's a good correction. The power of testimony. The power of testimony. That's what we're going to talk about today. Psalm 119, 111 says, Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I wonder how many... Sitting here today, standing here today, some getting coffee, some finishing off, getting the kids and everything. I wonder how many have forgotten the power of your testimony. I want to encourage us today. This is going to be a really simple, uh, straight up message. And that is the power of your testimony is needed in this hour. I'm going to ask my two helpers to come Daniel, come on, Joshua. And uh, now listen, this is not an episode of The Bachelor. Some of you are too religious to even know what I'm talking about, but that's okay. However, these guys are men of God. They have both walked very different journeys and I want you to hear from them for a couple of minutes of the power of testimony. And so Daniel is going to lead the way, yeah? Hi, everyone. Oh, yeah, thanks for listening. And, um, yeah, I'll just try to condense 30 years into five minutes. Um, but I'll start at the beginning. I was uh, raised in church. My mum and dad, well, my dad was a mechanic by trade, but then he became a pastor. Then he became a senior pastor. And... When your parents run a church, it sometimes feels like your entire life is church. It's all you ever hear about, and all you ever hear about is God. And by the time I was in my late teens, I was pretty much just fed up with hearing about church and God and decided that I would rather just learn life the hard way. And uh, there was a few things that really uh, caused me to have a very jaded attitude towards church and towards God. And so I just, uh, when I was around 18, started, you know, living a completely different lifestyle and getting sucked into all of the traps Lucifer has waiting for young people and, and drugs and girls and drinking and partying and all these things that I thought were great. And then in sort of my mid-twenties, once the dust settles, 
and you, you know, you left and the music stops and the smoke clears, you'd start to look at yourself and realize how empty and um, meaningless and purposeless my life had actually felt. And I then started this really incessant, long, truth-seeking journey. And, you know, I really didn't want Jesus or God to be the answer. I wanted it to be something else. I was looking under every other rock. And I started to realize just the level of evil that was in the world. And I was forced to abandon my agnostic approach to life because I realized, well, if the devil's real and the spiritual world is real, then God may also be real. And maybe Jesus is real, and then after all these years, maybe mum was right all along, and (laughs) I was very, uh, it was very humbling, actually, to have to realise that, I just thought, wow, I thought she was crazy, and she was right, and um, so then I basically researched my way back to the Lord, and back into church, and um, about this time last year, I walked myself back into church, and you know, for the first time in my life, I was at church not because I had to be, but because I actually wanted to be there. And that was completely different to what I had experienced as a kid. And um, to encourage you is just to keep praying because um, mum and dad never stopped praying and my grandma and everybody else. And, you know, you can't always twist people's arms. Mum never forced me to go to church. She never, you know, made me or even invited me. She just prayed and trusted that I eventually would find my way back. And it's different for everybody. Some people have an altar call experience. Some people research their way there it's different for everyone so you never know you never know what God's going to use and how it's all going to work so and the other thing I wanted to encourage you is that um what I really realized was so real is just this this warfare that we're in this spiritual warfare and this is your sword and um, this is your shield and the your prayer life is the battlefield and I think the best thing that you can do is get to a prayer meeting because um yeah that's that's where we're going to be able to wage war on this in this spiritual realm so yeah thank you for listening awesome thank you so much Fantastic. Your turn. It's sort of weird. You don't feel scared getting up in front of all you guys because you're like family. First of all, like, testimony is huge because it's... I was taught this thing where it's history, but, like, I'm a small piece of history. It's his story. So it's all about God, all glory to God with regards to what happens I was raised very different. I was raised by a loving nana who was a Christ-like woman, taught me lots about God and outlaw bikies. <laughs> so polar opposites. Uh, I won't go into the war stories. I don't like to go into the war stories. But I got involved with an international drug smuggling syndicate and went to jail for a large portion of my life. I was supposed to get 10 years and by the grace of God I was actually given four years Uh, for people who don't know much about the jail lifestyle what that means is I got a top of 3.2 sorry a top of four and a bottom of 3.2 which meant that I spent 3.2 years in jail I always believed in God but when I got to jail I was broken I just knew that was it I needed to give everything to God And I sat there and I cried and I surrendered and I gave my life to God fully and came into a relationship with God. What we did is, in jail, church is different. Uh, 50% of people go there because they believe in God. 50% go there to do unsanitary things, to pass on messages, blah, blah, blah. So it was a bit of an icky feel at the church at uh, the jail. Me and a friend who was actually a Hindu at the time who converted 
to become a, a believer in Christ while we were in there, we said, why don't we start a church? So we started a church in the jail where there's about 70 men in a unit. Supposed to be only 50 men. It was quite packed out. And we knew wherever two or three more are gathered, Jesus is there. And I tell you now, there was these guys coming up with face tats that made bikies look like mice that were international mafia guys going, what are you doing? (laughs) Doing church, man. It's like, can we come? Yeah, you can come, you know. So it was amazing. All these, before we knew it, we looked around, we had 65, almost 70 men from a unit coming to our church where the GM came down and in jail you get given a number. Mine was D92476. I'll never forget it. And he said, McEwen, D92476, front and centre, now. I thought, oh, I'm going to the hole because I'm a Christian and the hole's a jail within jail sort of thing. So he called me up and he said, what's this gangster recruitment camp you're doing? What are you doing? And I said, oh, we're, we're doing church. He goes, church? Are you sure? Is this real? You know, like, never seen anything like this in my life, you know. And he said, I'm going to keep my eye on you over the next few weeks. And if you're lying, you're going to the hole. I'll march you down there myself. A few weeks passed by, they watched. And um, basically, he called me up again. I thought, oh, I'm going to the hole, you know. It's all right. I'm going to the hole for you, God. It's all good, you know. <laughs> and um, he called me up and he said, in all my times and corrections over 30 years, I've never bent the law or the rules bar today and I'm going to let you do your little groups because um, it's Christ breathed, it's, it's done in the name of God. So we ran a church from jail and yeah, it, and I looked around at these guys with these face tats and big muscles and stuff and I thought, they're just like me and you, they're just normal people. There's, God doesn't see the difference between goats and sheep, you know, at the end of the day God died for all. So, long story short, once I got out, I went on and I now uh, do prison ministry, where I actually go down into prisons and talk to young men, and I write letters of encouragement to help them to basically show that you can change. So, um, yeah, never ever um, uh, feel that the little things that we do as a group, by writing to an inmate or encouraging people, uh, having them around for dinner, stuff like that. It all is massive where you can change people's lives in a huge, big way. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Cheers to Fantastic. Fantastic. Power of testimony. It's really powerful, isn't it? I want to encourage us here this morning that the power of testimony that you carry has an impact. And even us as a church and things that God has been speaking to Karen and I about in the last, uh, this year, the last few months and particularly the last few weeks is this, that there is hundreds of people that right now need your voice, need our voice that aren't here. They're not here. We as a church cannot look inwards any longer. We will die out. Like many of the denominational churches in the country regions, you know what they are now? Airbnbs. Why? Because they didn't have a forward-looking vision to the next generation and go after what is out there. They kept looking inside, hoping that people would move to the region and, oh, we can get a family moved to the region. It doesn't work that way. We got to go after the harvest because the Bible says that the harvest is there. 
It's us who are few. It's the workers who are few. So the power of your testimony is the easiest way, is the easiest way to get out there in the harvest field. And so over the coming months, Karen and I are going to share more and more about some of the things that God is sharing with us and encouraging us to take us into a whole new era as a church family. Is that okay? Please don't get all religious with me and go, oh, no, that's going to mean change. Let me tell you, the world is changing. The world is changing faster than it ever has before. And unless we change with it, that doesn't mean compromise. That means change and learn the language. Then we will be an Airbnb in 10 years' time, 20 years' time, whatever it is. We need to flow with what God's doing. And so that's a little... Uh, a premise, I suppose, of, of saying that our testimony, we want to be a testimony that's always forward-looking and saying, God, we're going to look out. We're going to go after the harvest. And so um, as I read Psalm 119, 111, your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I'm going to share briefly from the book of Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, you all know this story pretty well. Um, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from people to go in the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter... He asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently and said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, began to walk. Then walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw his opportunity as a preacher does (laughs) and he addressed the crowd and then preached a whole lineage history uh, and the gospel. And so what we see here is the power of testimony. Obviously, signs, wonders, and miracles will do something. It's powerful, and we are praying into that. We're praying more than ever that God would pour out his spirit in great and mighty ways. But the testimony of what you and I have lying in within us is often the spark for the miracles. It's the spark. It's the catalyst for something happening. If you uh, ever hang around people who carry something of God, they carry a hunger, it's contagious. Your testimony is contagious. Sometimes we're waiting for God to move and sometimes he's waiting for us to move. Which is going to move first? I know for me... Uh, I could look at the rest of my life and think, well, God, you know, you need to move. You need to pour out his spirit on our city. But, but what if for the rest of my days, he's been saying, well, what are you going to do? What about you moving? What about you doing something? And so that's why activating our faith, which maybe we're not seeing some of this stuff, but actually activating it, it might just be telling yourself your testimony. 
That might be the beginning. Or hearing testimonies from like these young guys this morning, hearing their testimony and say, God, if you did it for them, you can do it for me. If you did it for them, you can do it for my cousin, uncle, son, father, daughter, nephew, niece, whatever it is. This week I, I had the great privilege, actually I think it was about a week ago, a great privilege of talking to a, I was going to say a young man, but he's actually a year or two older than me. <laughs> and he's, he's been converted sovereignly by God in, over, over a little bit of time, and he's a relative of some great people here in the church, Robin Marie Bayry. But, um, but I, I had a great conversation, and I'm listening, and it's, it's incredible when the sovereign finger of God touches someone. You never know how your testimony is going to affect someone's life. You never know when God's going to take his finger, his anointing, and say, now is the time. Now is the hour of salvation. And so that couples up with all those prayers, the ten decades and decades of prayers that you and I might have prayed about something. God's finger will just touch someone, touch something. He'll say, now is the hour of salvation. I want to encourage some of you who have got family members who don't know Jesus or not walking with Jesus, God has them. God has them in his hand. And no matter what they might want to do, your prayers are more powerful. Your prayers are more powerful. We're praying for a lineage, a lineage of the power of God and, and the gospel of Jesus to flow from this house. We're praying for your families. We're praying for your families. We're praying for that because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's doing it in an easier, um, more subtle way than he's ever done before. And so we have to be relevant to how the enemy plays this game. We don't want to be dumb about it. But prayer coupled with faith is really, really powerful. Give someone next to you a high five. Awesome. Awesome. That was not bad high fives. It's okay. Joyce Meyer says, if you want a testimony... You're going to have a test. If you want a testimony, you're going to have a test. Almost everyone in this room knows that. There are trials. There are seasons. There's doubts. There's fears. But if we want the testimony, if we want what is at the end of that, we've got to push through the test. Push through the darkness. Push through the fear. Push through the doubt the self-doubt, all of that other stuff, so that we can actually have the testimony. When Peter heals this lame man, I think it's, it's fat. the miracle is amazing. The miracle is incredible. But the response is just as incredible. Our response to the goodness of God is just as powerful. If we just leave it at receiving the goodness of God, it's only half the equation. The next half is, what are you going to do with it? What do you do with the silver coins that he's given us? What do you do with it? Do you bury it or do you invest it? When we invest our talents, he multiplies it. He multiplies. I watched this, this business guy. His name is Grant Cardone. And... Um, 
And he's, he's, I, I like him. He's got some sass. He's, he's, got, he's very successful. He's got a private jet that I, would, I envy. I like it, okay? I like his private jet. But anyway, so I, I watch him, and he has this program called 10X. 10X. And it's all about money. It's all about how to make more and do all this stuff. And, and uh, you know, I have no problem with that at all. <laughs> you know, actually, he gives millions and millions and millions away to some great causes. And so um, I, I don't have a problem with that. But one of the things, I, when I'm watching his stuff all the time, I'm thinking, how much more should we? How much more should we? How much more should we? I'm not talking about money and jets. I'm talking how much more should we with the treasure given to us? We should be the ones teaching how to 10x your life, how to 10x your faith, how to see God break out in this sort of stuff, how to see a multiplication of fruitfulness and favor and God's goodness. And so if, if, if you're um, scared by that, you're going to be scared in the next 12 months of what God does in this place. Because we're going to 10x everything. <laughs> we're going to 10x everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. And, and, and it's a little bit scary. It's like, oh, no, what does it mean? We don't know. We just, we'll see what God does. But, but we're here on earth for a short time. We're here on earth for a short time. We haven't got time to play around. We haven't got time to please everyone and just sort of play this game. You can go to the RSL or go anywhere and do that if you need to. But ultimately, we need to see God move. We need to see a harvest. And God is going to move, but we're going to move too. Just give me a wave if you're okay with that this morning. If you're not, I didn't see it, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Faith is contagious. Faith is so contagious. Your faith is contagious. Um, if you ever wonder why Karen and I have so much energy when we're, we're doing all this, it's, it's, it's because we, we take this thing seriously. We take our lives seriously, and I know a lot of you do. We, we take it seriously in spirit, soul, and body. We talk about that all the time because all three pillars are important. I want to encourage you. All three of those pillars will help you 10x your life will help you multiply what God has given you. This thing is the temple. This thing is the temple. And if he's given us a temple, it's pretty important. I need to do something with it. And then we have our soul. We have our area of our mind, our will and our emotions. And it's so powerful when we actually learn to operate in that realm and get healed up. I want to encourage you, if you've got baggage, leave it at the cross. Maybe today is a day where your testimony is going to be, I finally left my baggage at the cross. I finally left those doubts and those fears. And maybe you've suffered a poverty mentality where you've just thought, oh, that 10x talk multiplication, you know, uh, oh, that's a prosperity gospel. Or, you know what? Who doesn't want to be prospered? Who doesn't want to be? If you don't, you might as well just die now. Because why even feed yourself if you don't want to prosper? That's how stupid the poverty mentality is sometimes. Of course we want to multiply. Of course we want fruitfulness. And so God is speaking to some today, the way forward is let go of the past. The way forward is let go of the past. You've heard two amazing testimonies. I know it was short. I wanted to let these guys preach for longer and longer and longer, but we've only got a certain amount of time. But go up and talk to them. Ask them, what, what did it take? What did it take? There's so many, so many powerful testimonies in this room. There's so many powerful testimonies in this room. And just like 
Maybe it's not like the, the lame beggar. A lot of us, you know, might look at that and think, well, of course, that's an incredible testimony. You know, I don't have a testimony like that. I don't have a testimony like Joshua. I don't, I don't have a, a deep, dark, secret testimony. That's okay. Then your testimony is the goodness of God. Your testimony is the love of a heavenly father. Your testimony is, is all about how, how good he is and how amazing he is and, and how faithful he is to preserve and protect. But there's many of us who have connections to other people that our testimony and releasing and multiplying what he's given us because the hour is short. The hour is short. Don't hold back anymore. Don't hold back anymore. I'm talking about in prayer. Don't hold back anymore. Go for it. Pray for those lost loved ones. Pray for those family members or the work colleagues or, or the people, your compatriots, wherever they are. Just pray for them and believe and, and, and ask for openings. Ask for openings. Not moments where you can religiosize them and just sort of do something all over them, but we can actually share of the love of God, the goodness of God. Because in our cancel culture, more and more things are getting canceled, but it's very difficult to cancel your story. It's very difficult to cancel that. Your story is powerful. Your story can speak into other situations. And so I want to encourage you. The power of multiplying your story is really, really needed. We need it in this hour. And I want to ask the band to come up. I'm going to finish with this. Uh, this week I had lunch with um, the youth. We're talking about Youth Alive, the head of Youth Alive here in SA. He's a young guy, full of energy. And... Uh, and I, I've, I felt on behalf of Karen and I and on behalf of us as a house and a school to, to meet with him and, um, and connect in a way that is more than just, hey, I'll, I'll shout your lunch or something like that. But, but I actually felt spiritually there's something for us as a region our region suffers a lot of a poverty mentality. Our region suffers a lot of a heaviness. Anyone ever notice that? Just give me a wave if you're even with me this morning. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Suzanne. Bonus check this week. That's good. She's going to hold me to that. Stuart's like, I'm buying a mower. Where was I? Okay. Anyway, so I'm meeting, I'm, I'm meeting with Sam, and um, in the last month or so, I would say a strong impression that Karen and I have got, as clear as anything we've ever got, is we've got to go after the generations. We've got to go after the generations. Now, I'm, I'm an old guy compared with a lot of these guys now. So I'm thinking, well, you know, it'd be nice if I had my heyday. <laughs> and a lot of us may think like that, but that's old man thinking. And whenever I start thinking, old man thinking, I've got to remember, we've got to champion the generations. But to champion the generations, we've got to win the next generation. Otherwise, there is no future. The AFL knows this. That's why they have a rookie list. The rookie list, get them in, get them in. 16, they've got scouts all over the nation. One of my uh, financial advisors is a scout for, for another AFL team. And uh, he is 
he is always on the prowl, 15, 16, 17-year-olds. He's looking all over Australia. He's looking at the Waffle League. He's looking at the SANFL. He's looking in Tasmania. He's looking at these guys, and he's watching this stuff. That's, that's what we need to learn how to be really good at in church. Bring them in. Bring them in. And it doesn't mean the, we, the oldies get pushed aside. No, it doesn't. It means we champion them. It means we champion them, and we, we, we celebrate them. We celebrate them and champion them. And then we get to father them and mother them and grandma and grandpa them and help out. But all the while, we're championing the future. We're championing the future. And, and as a movement, that's how we move. Otherwise, we're not a movement. We're a, we're a stopment. And so we want to be flowing with, with what God's saying. I want you to stand this morning. Awesome. This room is filled with testimonies, but I want to give an opportunity. You might have been listening this morning. doesn't matter whether it's half a person or 30 people. It really doesn't matter this morning. But you might be here this morning. You heard the testimonies. You've heard what's been shared, and you've realized you've got to go for Jesus. You've got to go for him. If he's real, you've just got to go for him. It's, it's not worth playing around anymore. It's not worth just half this, half that, or whatever. You just You haven't really... Nailed it. But this morning is an opportunity to nail it. This morning is an opportunity to say, all right, Jesus, I'm all in. I'm all in. I want every eye closed in the place this morning. And if that's you, you know you haven't been walking with Jesus, but you know you just need to go all in. I want you to raise a hand really high. I'm the only one who's going to see. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, I think there's... I think there's a couple more. Just lift, lift your hand so I can see it. I want to join with you. I want to connect with you. Don't let another day go. Don't let another day go without getting real with Jesus. Don't let another opportunity pass you by. Today is a day to go all in. I'm going to give you another few seconds. If you know you need to go all in for Jesus, then Give me a hand this morning. Just raise your hand this morning. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to connect you in this prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, Lord, I just thank you this morning for these lives committed to you. And Jesus, we lay every sin, we lay every negative thing in our life at the foot of the cross. And today we go all in. Today we go all in and connect with you. Jesus, wash us, cleanse us, purify us. We connect with you. We connect with you in Jesus' mighty name. While we're still standing here, I just really felt while Marty was speaking this morning that there are some people here, when we begin to go to a next level, when we begin to step out, when we begin to let our voice be heard and begin to release what's really in us to the people around us, when we begin really unashamedly loving the next generation and pursuing their hearts for Jesus, I felt the Holy Spirit whisper that there's some people in this place this morning that your anointing is going to go to a new level. 
that the calling of God on your life is going to go to a new level, that He is going to release some into the desires of your heart and into the the deep calling of God on your life that you haven't even seen come to fulfillment yet in the way that you long for. It's going to be released. It's going to come to fulfillment. There's going to be an increase in intercession, in prayer, in those who begin to pursue the heart of the Father, but there's going to be an increase of ministry anointing released upon those who begin to be mothers and who begin to be fathers and begin to see multitudes coming to them who need love and encouragement. This is the kingdom. When I keep it to myself, it dies with me. I don't want it to go to the grave with me. Whatever God has done in me is for others. And it's the same with what God's doing in reaching this next generation. They need what you've got. We need what each other has got. And there are some people here today to get ready because God's going to take you to a new level. And I just want to pray blessing upon you this morning. If you think that might be you, just lift your hands with me this morning and we're just going to pray. Father, we thank you that you are taking us to a new level. We thank you, Lord, that what is inside of us is a gift from you. The good, the hard, the challenges, the glory, everything, Lord, is a testimony of who you are. And Father, we just thank you for what you are releasing through our lives. We thank you for what you are releasing upon the next generation. And we thank you for the release of fresh anointing and next level anointing that is being released in this place. And Father, I just pray a supernatural releasing of ministry callings. Next level release ministry calling and fulfillment today in Jesus' name. As we begin to look forward, as we begin to look outside, when we stop beginning to just dwelling on what's happening with us and we begin to open our eyes and look around and release what God's given us. Lord, we thank you for next level release of ministry and anointing. And we receive it this morning in Jesus' mighty name. I want Joshua and Daniel just to come down the front and just, we want to pray for you in a minute. So just wait down there. But there's a couple other people we just want to pray for. David and Brenda, Steve and Yvonne, would you guys come down as well? Thank you, Lord. Adam, would you come? Sometimes God just highlights people and you just feel to pray for them. And yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Aaron and Crystal. Mm. Hey, Bob Witters. Bob Witters, yeah. Mm, Thank you, Lord. Why don't you stretch your hands out to these guys? Lord, we pray a release of your anointing this morning. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for your power. We thank you for the testimony in each of these lives. We thank you for the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. And today we pray for fresh fire upon them. Fresh fire upon them. That you will come upon them and they will begin to see a multiplication. They will begin to see a releasing and an expansion of everything that you've sown in for many, many years. All that faithfulness, all of those prayers, all of that standing and believing. I decree and release a multiplication, a multiplication anointing, a fresh effectiveness in every vocation, even in your mind, a fresh thinking, fresh decisions, open doors, open opportunities, 
fresh favour and anointing and an ease in the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So Lord, we just release that fire right now. Right now that you would come upon them. That you would come upon them with fresh power. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Yeah, just keep praying, guys. Keep keep your hands stretched out. Karen and I are just going to pray for these guys quickly. And then we'll, we'll wrap it up. But we just want to pray for them.